0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 247 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Herron. So thrilled you're here today with me as I'm speaking to Amy Reichert about... One of our favorite topics of all time, procrastination. Um, I have this working theory, and I bet you subscribe to it too, that writers are better procrastinators than most normal human people. Uh, there is something about writing. <laughs> well, I know what it is. Uh, there's something about writing that makes us procrastinate because it is painful, because it is never as easy and as fun as, say taking a walk to the local ice cream parlor is. Uh, it requires thought and effort and angst and um, low levels of pain, sometimes high levels of pain. Of course, we become expert procrastinators. There are exceptions. You may be uh, one of those people who actually gets their work done early every time. I really like to listen to Adam Grant's podcast, which forgotten what it's called. Uh but it's really good and he is a pre- he calls himself a procrastinator. He loves to get an assignment and start working on it that very day. But the majority of us are not that. We are procrastinators. So, I know you'll enjoy the episode. Very quickly what is going on around here. Um well, we're on the grand adventure. We're still in the same Airbnb where I was last week. Um, we move this next week out. On Sunday, this coming Sunday, we're going to have our going away party, which I'm kind of sick about, honestly. I'm so nervous. I don't like goodbyes at all. Um, I, (laughs) as a recovering addict, I have made my whole life about avoiding pain and throwing yourself a goodbye party as you leave the country so that you can say goodbye to the people who are most beloved to you really sucks. Uh, however, I do think a lot about discomfort and living with it and thriving with it. I think we have to, as writers, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because writing is discomfort. Writing is resistance is the discomfort that we feel. And we must be able to sit down with that discomfort and just do the work. So I'm thinking a lot about that. uh As I think about this party coming up, I'm walking toward it with as much of an open heart as I can, understanding that I'm going to cry a lot that day. And I hate crying. Um, and I'm getting better and better at doing it. I'm going to walk forward knowing that it is going to hurt and that that is part of life and that... I want to see these people and I want to be around them and I want to tell them that I love them. So, uh, that's, what's coming up for me this weekend. I am being saved. My ass is being saved by Pomodoros. I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, but, um, in the busiest times of my life when everything is all chaos Pomodoros always come to my rescue. I, uh, Pomodoros, if you don't know what they are, it is just a technique of writing in bursts. Um, a traditional Pomodoro is 25 minutes, working for 25 minutes and then taking five minutes to do something else. Usually it is prescribed to do something that is not checking your email or your Twitter or something that has a lot of open loops. You want to do some closed loop stuff on that five minute break. Go get yourself another glass of water, go to the bathroom, get a snack. Um, and do something that won't completely hijack you and your brain. Uh, and for me on a normal and in, in a normal life, 25 minutes is an irritating time, amount of time to get uh, stopped in. And I prefer to work in 45 minute chunks or hour chunks. But on these chaotic days where I know that I wouldn't get any writing done, I have been setting my goal of a bare minimum of two to four Pomodoros because you know what? I cannot write today. I will absolutely not write today. There's no way I'm going to write today, but could I write for 25 minutes? Okay, fine, fine. Turn on the Pomodoro, Pomodoro timer. And for me on Mac, I like to use the Be Focused app. I have the paid version of BeFocused and it works well for me. So I just turn it on and I do 25 minutes. And after 25 minutes, oh, suddenly that time is up. It didn't take that long. Take a little break. I guess I could do another one. So I do another one and that has been saving me. That is the only way I'm getting work done. So I mention it just in case. I know we've been talking about it a couple of times on the podcast recently here, um, because I've heard from people. Hello, Eliza, who have heard about it and have tried it and have loved it. So I'm saying it again to reiterate. If you're not getting your work done, try to get some smaller chunks of work done. Uh, one of my students is writing in 12 minute bursts because that is her. And then another one is doing 17 minute bursts because that is the least amount of time that feels like they can actually get a number of words that would make them feel like they have a little bit of success. So they're doing that. What is your minimum viable product? Have you decided that? Have you tried it? Have you played with it? I want to know. So come find me. Uh, If you're not on my email newsletter list, you should be. I'm going to ask you to subscribe to it. Um, And I'm going to put it in the little ad read in the middle today. Join my email list. That is important. I promise you am going to send one out really soon. (laughs) Maybe I'll use a Pomodoro to write one really quickly to get it out because I have not done that in a while. Uh, But everything else is going apace. Very excited. We will be in the air in two and a half weeks and I'll just keep talking to you from New Zealand, tell you how it's going there. So my friends, happy writing to you. Get some work done. Come to find me online and tell me how it's going. And now please interview this. Enjoy. How about enjoy this interview with Amy? Amy Happy writing, everybody. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. All right, well, I could not be more pleased to welcome to the show Amy E. Reichert. Hello, Amy. Hello, Rachel, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. Let me give you a little introduction and then we're gonna jump in talking about all things writing. Amy E. Reichert is an author, wife, mom, Wisconsinite, Amateur chef and cider enthusiast. She earned her MA in English literature and serves on her library's board of directors. I love that. That's sexy. Thank she's you she's you. A, <laughs> a member of really is library's board of directors. Wow, she's a yes. member of the Tall Poppy Writers and the Kindred Spirits Supper Club is her most recent novel. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on that. The cover is amazing.
1: I have it right here. It's, look at how beautiful that is. Oh, it looks really good on the screen. It looks.
0: Have to say, Um, I was just actually looking at it a minute ago, thinking like, you wanna, you wanna cover lottery for that one? Good job, you. Well,
1: I had nothing to do with it. I just. I I like that. (laughs) I know, but it's really nice when we do hit that lottery, and we're like, yeah, Yeah. thanks, thanks.
0: So, tell us about your writing process. How do you get your books done with all of this other stuff? You mentioned that the kids are going to be walking in the door any minute. Yes. They're back in school. What does
1: it look like? They are back. They've been in school the whole year. Okay. They they it was a hybrid situation where we oh, okay. were so, um, like if there was a contact tracing situation, they'd be at home for a couple of weeks and then they would oh. go back. But so it, it was smart. It was really really well done. They've been wearing masks. They have spacing they know you have to sit in the exact same spot so that if there is someone who's, who has it, you know who they were in contact with. Yeah. Uh, so it's been really, they've kept it open. And I think that was a big win for our school district. Probably that a win really... for your writing as well. Um. Yeah, yeah, I can procrastinate and under the best of circumstances. That's...
0: Under any circumstances, that's... if you're like me, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm really, really good at that. That's my superpower. Um, Sadly, most, like I can get away with doing that with cleaning because eventually somehow I can get things off of the list. Someone else will just do it. That doesn't work with writing. No one else. There aren't little elves that come in and do the writing for me. So at some point I do have to do it. So when do you
0: do (laughs) it? How do you do it? How do you, how do you, (sighs) this is really, actually, it's a really good big question. How do you deal with your procrastination with our writerly Um, procrastination?
1: I know. It's, I am constantly looking for the right solutions. Um, first of all, I know with me, the key is to know what I'm writing next. Yeah. It, so, so having an idea of this is, this is the scene I'm gonna be going into, and here are two or three things that are supposed to happen or need to be accomplished in that scene. If I know that, I am super productive and I will get right to it and I will knock it out. If I don't know that, Um, which is kind of where I am right now. It doesn't help that I'm pre-launch, so I'm easily distracted by everything else. Um, So I've been really having a hard time getting my words in. I actually need to sit down and look at what I need to do next Um, because I'm like midway through that first draft. I'm like, I don't know what (sighs) I have. I don't know what I need to do because I don't write chronologically all the time. So I kind of write oh, this, I'm going to write this scene. I'm going to write this scene. And as ideas come to me, so I kind of end up all over the place without any lines connecting.
0: <laughs> Which I'm always so, telling my students is okay because we connect those yeah. things later, right? So so where would you put yourself on the plotter versus pantser spectrum?
1: I am plotter definitely have or tendencies. <laughs> I like to know, I like to, I, maybe I'm a plotter. Like if I were a sandwich, I'd be, the bread would be the plotting. And then the filling is the the pantsing.
0: I love that. Thanks. That's where I all just, the flavor the, is. That's where all the delicious, be- that's where Ooh, the cheese is.
1: You've even made it better. <laughs> um. So, cause I was trying to do like horoscope, like I'm a plotter with pantser rising, but I don't really understand <laughs> stand pot- I don't understand where language, still playing going. So I don't really know what that means. Um, but I do like to know my big major moments. I have to know that I do write a very like four to five page detailed synopsis of what's going to happen. I know how it's going to end. I do give my pers- myself permission to change that if a better mm-hmm. idea comes along. Uh, but how I get from those big t- tentpole moments, kind of, I fill in the blank as I go. And I like to give myself that freedom, but at the same time, I hate that I give myself that freedom because it, it it results in moments like this where I don't know what I want to write next and I need to rethink and get back down to it. My current, like a very specific thing I'm doing right now is I have created um, a handy dandy, oh, I don't know if we're going to see it, Oh there yeah, you go, I can see. kind it. of yeah. Uh, so it's like a sprint to the finish. Each of those little squares is a thirty-minute writing sprint. Oh, And I nice. write down my words, which is really great. Assuming I will sit down and do that <laughs> again. A writing sprint is only as good. It is only good if you know what you're supposed to
0: be writing. So I saw. I saw the number of boxes. Is that predicted to the end of the book, like to the to the yeah. word count that you're aiming toward? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've never seen it exactly like that because you you know, yeah. approximately how many of those little sprints you're going to take.
1: Yeah. Cause I have about 45,000 words and in a 30 minute writing sprint, I can get anywhere from like 500 to 700 words. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I mean, it varies obviously. Uh, so yeah, that'll bump me to about a 70,000 page draft by the time I'm done which is what I like for a first draft. I tend to write very bare bones. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd be happy with 60. And then um, you're going to the, put the filling in the sandwich. I, then I put the filling in the sandwich. Yeah. Someone, um, I was talking to someone because I'm writing a book. My next book is a Christmas book, um, which is really all I'll say about it. But someone asked if I was watching a lot of Christmas movies and listening to Christmas music. And I'm like, no, not really, because I'm trying to do my bread. So You're doing I'll the story.
0: That's what's important. Yeah. This,
1: yeah. So once I get to like all the window dressing, all the flavor in the middle, then I'll get in Christmas mode. Uh, but not yet. I really family. love our sandwich analogy. I like it's, it's working cool. for it's working on multiple levels and it's
0: kind of also making me hungry, which is which yeah. is normal. Me too. Uh, <laughs> what is
1: your
0: what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing?
1: Um beyond procrastination. Um which is, oh, I think I even wrote something down. Ah, yes, beyond procrastination is consistency. Uh, uh, I think that is the other big thing is when you want it, just being getting in the butt in the chair every day, and it's not always a procrastination situation. It's a life situation uh, with kids, especially moving into baseball season and of the school year. In the summer, I'd much rather be on our pontoon than writing. Hell yes. <laughs> So I think consistency is something I really strive for. I've tried, I have a dear friend, her name's Karma Brown. And oh, I don't have it with me. I lent it to someone. Uh, she wrote a book called The 4% Fix. She's She normally writes fiction, but she wrote a nonfiction uh, called The 4% F- Fix. And the idea is that you carve out an hour of time every day to accomplish something that you want to accomplish. And she ultimately uses that hour for writing. Mm-hmm. I actually have started using it for reading because I wasn't reading mm-hmm. enough. But then I started doing like an 8% fix where I would read for an hour and then I'd write for an hour. And if I can consistently do that, it's like, I feel like I can conquer the world. So that is my goal is to be consistent about reading and writing for at least an hour every day, which sounds like not a lot of time, but you're a writer. You understand how much other. It's all the other
0: stuff. There's this, there's this great quote and I need to figure out who said it, Um, but you can accomplish your life's. The, the work of your, the work of your life in half an hour a day. Yeah, you know, I've, I've I written whole that. books in like 45 minute chunks day after yeah. day, not more than that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is your biggest because, joy? Oh, sorry. Go on.
1: Oh, I was going to say, because let's be honest, we actually are half of it, yeah. more than half of it is in your brain when you're wandering around doing nothing. Absolutely. It, well, it looks like nothing, but it is something. <laughs> it's
0: very profitable. And why don't our families know <laughs> that? That
1: exactly. They should. Like, I'll be playing my Candy Crush. It's actually a Harry Potter, Potter version of, of Candy Crush. And my husband's like, that's not working. Oh, yeah, but it is. It you just don't know it.
0: Absolutely <laughs> is. No one trusts us. <laughs>
1: <I'm in Florida. laughs> there might be a little validity to that.
0: <laughs> don't, don't let him listen to this podcast
1: episode. No, I won't. He won't. <laughs>
0: What is your right. biggest joy when it comes to writing?
1: My biggest joy, there's, I would say there's two things that are tied because they kind of, they're at very different points in the process. One is when something clicks in the story and you're just like, oh my God, this is, this is the plot point I was trying to get to and didn't know how it was going to click and then it clicks yes. and it was, oh my God, I'm genius. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> But when it does it's uh, so good. It's it's crack. Yeah. You know, it yeah. that's it, what keeps me going. That and when I have the finished book and people start reading it and people start saying, Oh my god, this this book was just what I needed right now. And because of I, I tend to write lighter, happier books. So for a lot of people, what they come to me and say is I had a really bad things were really bad for me and I read your book and it just added some brightness to my day. And that, oh, doesn't get better. That is like so the good. most
0: honorable thing we could reach for, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh. Cause that's why I read. I just wanna yeah. I mean, not that my life is horrible, but I just want to get out of it. Yeah. So and you want to be have, somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. To be able I, to do that for people. Oh, so
0: good. <laughs> that's, that's, you're, you're so fun to talk to. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, can you share a craft tip with our writers of any kind?
1: Um, I actually wrote this down because you, you gave me the questions in it, yes, some of the questions yes. in advance. Cause I didn't want to forget. So people often say when you are in like the later drafting phases, you should read your work out loud. I hate reading out loud.
0: <laughs> me too. And I don't I do it. it.
1: And so I don't do it either. Because mm-hmm. to read a book out loud, that's like 15 hours of time. Ah I don't want to do that. That's a lot of talking that I don't want to do. But I use Scrivener and I think Microsoft Word does this too. And it will read it to you. Now, it's super funny because it's kind of a robot voice, but it really, really, it helps me because I can listen to it being read to me. Ah. And all of a sudden that changes things because I have, like, I'm more likely to keep working. Because the other part is if I'm reading out loud, I hate reading out loud. So then I'll like want to procrastinate and go do something else. But if my computer is reading to me, then I get a lot more, pro- like it It keeps the ball rolling better and then I'll pause it and make changes when something sounds funny and then I'll start it up again. And it just, I discovered it during my, when I was writing kindred spirits and I, it was really, really helpful for me as a way to, when I'm, when you're working at that sentence level yeah. honing. So, yeah. so you're, you're
0: playing it and you're looking at it at the same time and correct. And you're actually looking for things like rhythm and words, mm-hmm. repetition, as well as just the, cause I, I use it for typos, yeah. but it sounds like you're using it oh. for actual helping with the, with the sentence yeah. level.
1: Yeah. Cause even, but like, even if the robot, when the robot voice seems to stumble, then, you know, there's something uh- wrong. Or exactly. I can't follow I'm like that made no sense. And then I'll double check was it the robot voice reading it or no, it really doesn't make sense. I'll fix that. One of my biggest problems really as a writer
0: helpful. is writing those sentences that don't make sense later. Like they made sense to me. They but, do. But not when somebody else like a robot l- l- reads yeah. them out loud. I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, Scrivener's magical. I really, really love Scribner. I'm love always Scrivener finding new too. things. Okay. I
0: know you only need, speaking of 4%, you only need to know about 4% of Scrivener's tricks to use it. And I've been using it for like, as long as it's been out. I think I got it at 13 years ago or something like that. And I, and I I'm still finding things.
1: Yeah. And I really do only use 4%. Yeah. Did you know it has a name generator? Oh yeah. Oh, I use that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. Okay. I need a waiter. What's the the waiter's (laughs) name? Harvey.
0: (laughs) I have, I've literally no creativity to spare on wasting on the waiter's name. It does it for us. It's fantastic.
1: Okay. So what are really funny?
0: I know. And you could set the like idiosyncrasy of the, of the, the name too. Okay. People haven't found that it's under writing tools. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way?
1: Oh, what thing in my life? Um, Ooh, I should have thought more about that one. I got to like question three, and then I got I got distracted. What um, <laughs> affects my writing in surprising ways? I shouldn't be thinking about this so long, but I am. Um, I want to. I think part of it is you know going back to that time crunch and how we we get a lot of writing done in short amount of time. Because I am a mom, I have found my most productive writing times are sometimes sitting in the car waiting for a kid to come out. And that kind of surprised me when, you know, you always think, oh, to write productively, you must be in your space. But in truth, I find being flexible and willing to work everywhere. Actually, the most productive place for me to write is on an airplane because there's no internet. (laughs) I love, and I am
0: not spending $15 on your internet. I will not do it. And, and it sucks. Like I'm cheap and lazy. Um, yeah. Also, I yeah. really love, I really love airport. Oh no, sorry. Um, I like hotel lobbies. They're Ooh, so, yeah. gen- you know, like when, back when we used to travel, yeah. they're so generic. Um, and it's hard to get on the internet in a hotel too. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So what is the best book you've read recently? So,
1: I recently read Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. And if you, uh, two seconds,
0: yes, (laughs) get it for
1: us. I will. Uh, so this is it, Ayesha at Last. Um, it is a retelling of Pride and Prejudice, which you're, you know, you're kind of like, oh, you don't need another one. You do. Uh, it is set in uh, the Toronto, in a Toronto Muslim community, so it has it's just a different twist. It's a different twist mm. and it's beautifully written. So well done. And what I love about it is, is, it's taking a very familiar story and familiar romantic tropes, but it's setting in, setting in a community that a lot of us aren't familiar with. Yeah. And you get to explore the joy in that community and the romance. And what I really found fascinating is because the main love interest is they're both Muslim. They're very chaste, but that doesn't mean there's not steam. And I kind of love that. So I I I'm, I'm really excited. I actually have an event coming up with her in a couple of weeks. So I'm very excited oh, that's about so cool.
0: gushing all over her. <laughs> that's so cool. And that's flying to the top of my TBR list. I had not heard of it. So I'll, good. Oh, thank you very much. Aisha at last. Perfect. Now, mm-hmm. speaking of awesome books, why don't you tell us a little bit about Kindred Spirit Supper Club?
1: So the Kindred Spirit Supper Club is about Sabrina Monroe, who uh, is forced to, for financial reasons, move back in with her parents in the Wisconsin Dells, where she grew up, which to her is the worst possible thing that could happen. Uh, And then she's forced to face the figurative and literal literal ghosts of her past. Her family, the women in her family, can actually see spirits and help them. The whole point is they help them move along to whatever comes next. It's not creepy at all. Uh, In fact, her best friend growing up was Ghost Molly, who is a rom-com loving ghost, who is somebody (laughs) they could never... They could never quite help. So she's just become part of the family. And Molly is determined to help Sabrina find her happy ever after, since Molly did not get hers. Uh, And enter Ray, who is the new separate club owner in town. And he is intrigued by this sort of awkward and anxious woman. And Molly decides this needs to happen and does some stuff. Um. And yeah. So yeah, I, it's just sort of a sweet, romantic little story.
0: I cannot wait to read it. Your publisher got you in with me right at the last minute, so I haven't read Yay. it yet. But um, it's it's on my Kindle, and I was just looking at Yay. it online, and it just looks like everything that I like to read. So thank I you for that.
1: Just you're welcome. I'm. I, I mean, I love all my books, but I I really do. I really love this book. Your face, your <laughs> really face gets mushy
0: when you talk about it. Like you're, I can see how much you love them.
1: I'm kind of mushy about it. Oh,
0: that's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Okay. And where can yeah. we find you online?
1: Mm. Sorry, I had to hydrate. Of course. Um, you can find <laughs> Necessary. me. Necessary. Um, you can find me online at my website, com. Uh, and on there, you can subscribe to my newsletter, which I'm about to do a major revamp of. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. You can find the links to me to find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook from there. So yeah, I'm at A.E. Reichert at most places. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, I'm all over the place. Thank and you right so now much. I feel like I'm flooding the world with stuff.
0: Well, I'm always behind in my podcast. Like I've got a bunch that need to come out before you. So this is going to be one of those later bumps in your release. Hey, so that'll be great.
1: (laughs) I am all for that. Extend it as long as possible. (laughs) Tell your publicist
0: that when she's like, where did Rachel's podcast go? Amy, it has been such a treat to talk to you. I'm so glad to meet you you. and know you. And I can't wait to read your book.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on Rachel. Take care. Happy writing. Bye.